Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the H2O Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. And my name is Timothy Harvey, but tonight (laughs) I shall do the entire show through the power of mime. Uh, No, no, I'm not going to do that. No, that that not a good mime artist. Not be good. All right, so I'm I'm hearing the box or the walking against the wind thing or anything. I I just don't have that skill set. Well, and putting your hand up against the wall like this in the in the camera would kind of shake the camera everywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a bit of that would that would be not good. I know some people who can do that stuff, but uh, I'm not one. All right. So. Where shall we start? Uh, let's let's get a little bit of business out of the way first. SuperheroStuff.com. Uh, we have a, a discount negotiated over there. Sci-Fi for Me 10 is the promo code you use when you check out. You get 10% off your order. And uh, we do appreciate the fact that they are willing to do that for us. Now let me... F- find here because how did okay I don't know what you're doing I don't either (laughs) so much is explained so this (laughs) alright well okay so for each show Good morning, Multiverse H two O podcast. The the live updates we do for the for the uh, uh, the Comic Cons and all of that. We I have a different, uh, right. uh, basically a settings file for each show, and it doesn't look like I've got Zoom in the right place. Well, yeah, I do. Where? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> this is this is weird. Okay, there it is. Our apologies, folks. <laughs> it's I, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, hold on. Oh, oh, I get what I'm doing. I see what I'm doing. Okay, hold on. There we go. Wait a minute. Blah. I get it now. It all becomes clear to you now. It does. It does because I was looking. See, I'm looking at. I, I was looking at you on this monitor. And I was trying to find the 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 button that lets me show the screen, so I can show people our Indiegogo campaign, which is now live over yes. on Indiegogo. And there it is. We are uh, raising money for a brand new Sci-Fi for Me TV. I'm going to refresh that, and it's not going to change. There it is. We've got six backers, $309 today. It just went live today. And using all of the current models at uh, at my disposal, I will predict that uh, in three days we will have $150,000. Because that's the way computer models work these days, right? Predictive models... You can just make up whatever whatever numbers you want, right? We have um, the... just a reminder, folks: <laughs> you have to put in good data to get good data. Mm. 
That's how it works. That's how it works. We have 1,380 G-I-G-O. subscribers. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right. So, yes, we we just launched our uh, our very first Indiegogo campaign today. This is uh, this is the the project that has been in the back of my head since 2009. And uh, for those, if you were if you were watching earlier, I was talking to Douglas Ernst uh, a little bit. He's a writer at the Washington Times, and we you look at all of the success of the Indiegogo crowdfunding model especially in the realm of comic books and graphic novels and that we we did run across a cookie sheet that is 22,000% of goal funded so it's not just comic books but a crowd cookie sheet a cookie sheet it is a it is a, a cookie sheet with its with dividers so you could divide oh. the cookie sheet it's it's a little you know it's about a half inch deep Different kinds of cookies. Yeah, you could make all of these different things. It was like twenty two thousand percent of goal. Well, you know, cookies. Cookies. That's, that may be that may be where we have made an error. We have not offered cookies. Well, there are some of us who are on the dark side. Maybe uh. you should start making cookies. I make very good cookies. <laughs> so, uh, so we've we've been talking about this for a long time, and the the biggest the biggest thing has been figuring out what we offer because we don't make a book. We're not we're doing that. Although I have had the thought, and uh, I have printed out the recipe for mimeograph ink. Because I have had the thought that perhaps at some point in the future we could do a printed zine mm-hmm. right. uh, as a as a piece of all of this, and um, of course, you know that that whole retro feel going back to you know our roots, our influences with Starlog and Fangoria being being the things what shaped us, right. And the the fanzines of the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s, all being that you know, run it off on the on the mimeograph machine in the in the garage or at the school in 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 the the principal's office, the, the teacher's workroom, and <laughs> you know, passing out 14 copies to your friends. So I'm I'm very much of a mind that we could do that sort of thing but uh not just yeah yet. well and there's a there's a certain amount of we've talked about we've talked about the the perils of nostalgia uh more than once uh in terms of the creative process but there's something to be said for recognizing the influences yeah. recognizing where uh, where some of this stuff came from and enjoying it as long as you don't uh lose track of it <laughs> in the way that some things sometimes you can. Yeah. Well, and I think too, that one of the things that I have looked at, uh, for all of this is, uh, figuring out because over the last, over the last couple of years, we've had, especially in the last year, we've had the thing where it's, are we going to do video? Are we going to do 
podcasts are we going to do the written stuff and that mm. becomes that becomes an issue because you've got all these social media outlets like Facebook and all these things saying video 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 so we start when we came back in 2019 in January we were all video and then we weren't uh, you know that, that whole that whole school of thought as it were fell apart because people realized that that Facebook had skewed the data let's say and you had a lot of people that lost their jobs because all of these media outlets were transitioning to video, and now video is not the thing. Well, now you've got all these people out of work, and we're sitting there looking at all of the stuff that we're doing. It's like, well, okay, do we keep going with video? Do we pivot back and start doing more articles? So it's trying to strike that balance. Right. But I do think that having a printed thing at some point could be part of that mix. I think oh, yeah. you know we it's it's a lesson in eggs and baskets as it were um because if you sit there and say okay we're just going to be x then when x falls apart where do you go from there what do you right. do then so and I think I think that's something that We've been able to keep that in mind. Um, you know, we don't have as much in the way of articles on the dot com side of things yet, as much as I'd like. But if we if we get this TV thing up and running and going, and maybe it generates a revenue stream, then the dot com kind of becomes a part of all of that. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hello, Matuine in the chat and uh, Kazim. We, we know that's we know who that is, but uh, who else is in here? So and Mindy, Mindy with the wrench. So everybody behave. So um. <laughs> I would like to do a printed thing, but then then what do you do? Because you know it's not like you can put out a a daily thing. You know, it's not like you're, you're going to be able to do a newspaper. Oh, these guys weren't doing dailies back in the day when we were having the no. the fanzines out in the first place. You the ended fanzines up with these... could be like monthly, every six weeks. Sometimes, three I mean, weeks, sometimes you guys have like quarterly or twice a year, or depending on who it was and what it was for. Um, I, I think we could do something at least quarterly to start with, and and having. The formula for Mimeograph Inc. I think that would be fun because you could, because you, nowadays you've got these printers at home that have the tanks. You've got the mm -hmm. reservoirs that are refillable. Well, there's nothing that says you can't buy an extra, an extra ink tank. But I just fill have it this with Mimeograph of you. <laughs> One day, my coming over and you going. So, there was an incident. And you're just purple. <laughs> you're just, you know, you're you're cosplaying as the purple man, and you're hiding in the basement because Jessica Jones knows where you are. And you know, <laughs> well, and and it's one of those things where uh, what was that? What was that movie where the guy ended up blue all over? Oh, uh, oh no! I can't um, remember what that what that was. Yeah. I, I think though I I could be a little bit more. Remember though, who is accident prone in this house? 
Okay, I'm not saying that you're the one who spilled it on yourself. <laughs> I'm saying you might have had help. Or maybe you might have done it on purpose. I'm just saying, you know. Well, there is that. There is that. Yeah. So we're, we're, but yeah, I think that would be kind of fun to have mimeograph ink in the tank and have officially the purple and the smell. And we put the whole thing together and we ship it out the way, the old fashioned way, the way they used to. The only downside to that I can think of is that. I think you would pretty much have to use that printer for that ink going forward because I'm not sure that you're ever going to get the purple out of the process. Well, maybe. I mean, um, I, I think if you do the, the ink, the inkjet cleaner, you know, cause it's got the self cleaning process. You could do something like that, but who's yeah, to but say, it, I mean, was it formula formulated for mimeographing? I don't know. <laughs> well, if it goes, it, you know, if it goes well enough, we could have a, we could have a printer that's dedicated to that. There you go. And that all of the, all of the ink, t ink tanks are full of mimeograph purple. And that's just the, that's the mimeograph machine. No, that said, I have this printer that I have for work. Uh, company paid for it and hooked me up and got all the, you know, and it's super rare that I ever actually print anything. Mm -hmm. um, mostly, you know, and so much stuff is, is done online. But. Yeah. Well, and we have, uh, we've got two printers in the office here. One of them is pretty much uh, dedicated to printing CD faces. So, or DVDs, Blu-rays, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Because you have to have the tray and you've got to have a special setting and all of those things. And up until this year, well, last year was the last time we did it, um, you know, doing the dance recital videos every year. Mm -hmm. You've got to have the DVDs and, print, and it's easier just to print them here because you're doing such minimum runs that, you know, there's no point in taking it to a service. So I've got that, and every now and again I'll print something out. Like if I'm doing something for ESPN or or ABC, you know, the call sheets. I got to print those out because it's got phone numbers and emails and contact and maps and that kind right. of thing. But generally, if I'm not printing out release forms or call sheets, I'm not using my printers either. Yeah. So I don't see where there would be. A, you know, I don't. I don't think there'd be a problem. You just pull the pull the the reservoirs and fill it with purple, and let's go. <laughs> And of course, you have to have a specific font. You've of got to course. get. You've got to use. Uh, I guess what Times Times New Roman or the 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 typewriter font. Right. What are yeah. the new type? The yeah, the typewriter font, uh, because it's got the smudges. And then, just go from there. <laughs> we have to. We have to. I'm I'm completely uh, don't use the Star Wars font. Yeah, don't don't do that. No, not the Star Wars font. Although, for cover art for a special issue, sure, could lean into that a little bit. That that makes me think. Here, let me show you something. Let me let me launch Photoshop and show you this, um, because this was a bit of fun that I tried. It is not refined in any way, shape, or form. It does not look right yet mm. um and let me see if i can open it up here really quick um i made the attempt to take the starlog font which isn't actually really a font 
from from the interview that I did with uh, Kerry O'Quinn, I asked him, is there an alphabet? Is there a font? And he says, no, I just did those letters. I was like, curse you, Kerry O'Quinn. <laughs> so I, here, here, is the, here is the attempt at reconstruction of it's not, it's not finished because it's not, it doesn't work yet. But it was my attempt to try just to see, you know, because I'm not, I'm not into typography that much. Um, but, you know, trying to extrapolate based on the letters that we have, what would the rest of them look like? And this is what I've got so far. It's not, it's not quite there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a sad attempt, but it looks better than my first attempt. Um, but, uh, but yeah, eventually I thought it might be kind of fun. And, and at one point we had uh, a prototype book that we had been talking about doing and I, um, lost it when the hard drive crashed. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those things where you just kind of deal with that. I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. I... How much is a mimeograph machine, he asked. Prices vary. Um, actually, a mimeograph machine is probably going to run somewhere from 150 up to 1000 bucks. I've seen uh, several on eBay, um, but I don't have any indication uh, of whether or not they work. That's the other question is, yeah, right. we can get this, we can get this great, uh, this, this, this great machine, but is it actually going to print anything? And I have to think when I got to thinking about it, I don't know that I ever actually used one when I was in school, you know, the teachers would go and make their copies, yeah. but by the time the by the time as a student I'm old enough to be helping with stuff like that, they're just using regular photocopiers. The mimeographs were gone by then. You know that's elementary school, junior high. When oh, when I mean I don't I didn't mm -hmm. get very we didn't get very much in mimeograph stuff by the time we were in high school, a little bit, but it was. I, you know, I look at this, I'm looking at the drum and, and you know, it rotates and it spins. And I'm like, okay, how exactly does this thing work? Because <laughs> where, how you're mastering, because you've got the, you've got the first document, the master copy. How does that get on the roll uh, to become the stamp for the rest of it? I, I, I've never, I've never even looked, I've never even thought to look into it. Uh, on how a mimeograph machine works. To be honest, I know we had one in the art building back when I was in college, um, and it was in uh, it was screen printing class, mm -hmm. and it was in the corner of the room. We never actually used it uh, because in, when it comes to making art, screen printing is a different thing. Um, and certainly... I'm not sure if they're related. Uh, uh, I, I, 
maybe i mean there's a process that but i don't know um yeah by the time by the time i really could have gotten my hands on that sort of stuff it was well past using it and and even then the technology while in retrospect a lot of printer technology was not particularly great in the late 80s early 90s um it took a picture you know it did a thing yeah but uh certainly um color quality and things like that was not particularly great although i did get some really cool images out of using a copier so you've all heard how to use copier inappropriately at an office party um but during the during one of my art classes we're coming up away with to play around with some stuff and one of the things we learned was that in this this would have been like 1990 1991 so the technology obviously has come a long way since then but if you were to lay your face down on top of a copy machine <laughs> and make a copy of it you ended up with something that enough light bled in that you could get uh this sort of uh almost like an it, because everything's super dark uh almost like this negative and you could, I mean, it's, it's a really poor way to describe it. But then you could go back into it with marker and colored pencil and, and do all kinds of cool things with it. So I actually had some really fun artwork uh, that was developed for me and my friends laying our faces down the <laughs> cop in the, uh, on top of the copy machine in a little place called CopyCo, which is a company <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. Um, but uh, they, were, they were actually a competitor of Kinko's back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it, we, we actually had a lot of fun discovering how to use copy machines to make art, but yeah, well, I've never got a chance to play with a mimeograph. Robert makes a good point that a lot of that stuff, you, you had to look really hard to read it <laughs> and it's like, wait, what's that word? No what yeah. is, what's this? So the maps were fun though. You you, you know, mimeograph maps, the entire, Okay. Is this a river? Because it's purple. Is this a border? Because it's purple. You know, you can't you can't distinguish. You know, oh, it's a broken line. That must mean it's a it's a border. It's, it was it was one of those things. Because we didn't have well, you know, someone copies. someone somewhere is still using this because they they people really do still do stuff in triplicate. Carbon paper is a thing that actually still gets sold, and and they actually you know use it for for copies. Uh, yeah, but it's not quite the same thing, I don't think, is it? No, but I mean, it's just the, you know, the some of this technology that, that we tend to think of as being out of date still gets used. Wow. So I'm sure we could find somebody who could teach us to properly use a mimeograph machine. <laughs> I'm sure there's a YouTube tutorial on it somewhere. It would not surprise me. Yeah, how to, well. Or a step-by-step um, step step with photos on the internet. Well, you know, you know what it probably is. There, there may be a stuff you should know podcast episode. I'll, we'll have to ask, uh, have, have to ask uh, uh, Mrs. Boss. So, okay, so I'm on, I'm on eBay, and I'm looking here. Here's one for sixty. I doubt it works. Uh, one for one hundred forty-five, one hundred and sixty. It looks like it's old enough to be from Edison's time. Um. Uh, here's you know they got the the exec this the the original carrying case circa 1904. Here we go. There we go. Uh, Edison rotary mimeograph antique. None of these look like they work. 
<laughs> they, and that's, really the, you know, that's, that's the thing you have to bear in mind. Some of this technology looks great, and it's really, really cool. I have, I have vintage typewriters and vintage cameras, and I love this stuff. And some of it actually works, but there's some of it over there that I look at and go, yeah, this, this is not something I could actually make function at this point. Yeah. I, Although my, yeah. my vintage film camera, uh, you know, little movie camera, in theory, works. I just need to, you know. Oh, here we go. Find film that's really expensive. Do you do you remember when it was called the Ditto machine? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So here's one yeah. vintage Ditto machine, four hundred twenty-five dollars. Here's one for seven eighty-nine. I want. I bet that one still works. Spirit fluid E twenty spirit fluid duplicator. Yes, it adds spirits. <laughs> it, that, that duplicator fluid made you see spirits. I tell you. Um, this one actually looks like it's in pretty good shape and it actually is a ditto incorporated brand machine fluid tank wick holder uh look at that look at that i am curious how these things actually work there there it is there's the purple Mm -hmm. there's actual samples of duplicated copies look at that i wonder if it says spirit ink, I wonder if the spirit ink, the spirit fluid is available somewhere. Well, maybe you can find something along the lines of this is the recipe again. Yeah. Well, and I printed out the formula for one of them. I, I don't see anything to indicate if it's if it's going to come out purple or not. I would imagine it probably does. But won't know until we try it <laughs> outdoors yeah this is this is uh, in like, a very, like, very highly ventilated area like anything that, that generates that that kind of fumes it's probably not best to breathe deeply no, no. regularly <laughs> not at all cabinet so. not included <sighs> <laughs> For the folks who are listening to this as a podcast, of course, you're, we're looking at pictures you can't see. So our apologies. Um, but uh, maybe Jason will throw some photos in at the, the into the show description of the podcast. Yeah, we can try uh, something like that. Um, one of the things that, that I thought about when, when we're talking about a, ooh, a, a plastic disc cover. Oh, there you go. The, the, those classic plastic dust covers, which are, yes. I'm pretty sure... Um, you were supposed to put over yourself when you were hiding under the desk in the, in the era of, of duck and cover. Pretending to be the, the copy machine so the teacher didn't know where you were. Uh, the, well, and, you know, and we talk about uh, uh, the different things that we do in a, in a printed piece. And, you know, given that it's quarterly, where, I mean, you'd have to do it almost quarterly and not any, any more frequently than that, at least to start with interviews um think pieces essays um art if possible yeah art original fiction perhaps yeah we could do some of that um and then of course you have the the mainstays of starlog you have the word find and the crossword puzzle and the and the cartoon you'd have to have a cartoon sure 
I think we but, could do something like this pretty pretty easily. We just have to figure out what we put in it and how many how many how many people would would actually read something like this. That's a stretch goal. There we go. Well, and I think that I think that um, you know Starlog coming. Uh, I'm sorry, Fangoria coming back. I was just wishful thinking. Starlog coming back. No kidding. Uh, but with Fangoria coming back, you know, as on a on a six times a year schedule. You know, that's or a quarterly schedule. Then looking at the six month, the six times a year schedule, and yeah. and, and kind of you know, there's there's something to be said for don't rush back into what you know they were doing. Of course, obviously when they were putting stuff out on a monthly level, that that's a lot of content. That's a lot of work to do, and and certainly um, as much fun as we would we probably have doing it, a quarterly thing seems within our reason. You know, a reasonable grasp of of. of well, being given, able to do the thing we want to do, as opposed to rushing a job and not being happy with it. Given how much of a of a fight I've got to get anybody to give me an article per week, <laughs> yeah, quarterly probably is about the right kind of pace for us, I guess. So. Well, and you know, I think that. Uh, Speaking of which, how's that Fantasy Island review coming? <laughs> coming along. Coming along. Yeah, okay. Although I did, I did uh, occur to me that I got my hands on the quote-unquote unrated version of Fantasy Island, and I still haven't watched the unrated version of Fantasy uh, Island. Possibly because having watched the regularly rated version of Fantasy Island, putting myself through it again, yeah, um, which might be a hint, folks, about where the review is leaning. I um, we we've been kind of cycling through the Marvel movies again. Uh, watched Iron Man three hmm. night last night was it yesterday yesterday afternoon yeah the days are all m- mixing together here uh, yesterday and for all of the the chatter about how bad Iron Man three was compared to all the rest of them it it actually kind of holds up well the, the the thing is is that with the exception probably of I think everyone kind of agrees that Thor, the dark world, everyone kind of goes, Oh yeah. And there was that other Thor movie and every other film has, it's like defenders, whether you, whether you agree with them or not, mm-hmm. um, but Thor, the dark world, everyone seems to be of the agreement. No, no, that just, it actually, oh, no. we watched that one too. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I remember it. It's not. It's not that it's bad. I mean, the thing about Marvel is that pretty much consistently, you know, from beginning to end, they've had a certain level, a certain baseline that they have have maintained, and they've generally and they've put out entertaining films, and some mm-hmm. of them are better than others, and and you can like some and dislike some, but overall, I mean, the level of consistency they should be applauded for that because. Yeah. Uh, now that said, the number of Marvel movies that are like this is incredible. Uh, you know, and but but that's also an expectation that is maybe a little unrealistic for movies yeah. because, in fairness, you know, how many genius movies are there that we that are you know produced year after year after year after year? I mean, they have a formula; it works for them, and it's it's put out some some very entertaining films. Well, um, it's a t- it's a TV show. It's it's if ways, you yeah. if you look at it that way with you know when I, we've talked about this before with Kevin Feige as the showrunner 
and you have each film as the episodes of the TV show, it all hangs together much better if you look at it that way because it you, you can see the overall plan as as a thing as opposed to just well, here's a bunch of movies that just happen to work in this in in the same universe in combination with each other. Well, yeah, there's a reason for that. Um, I like uh, I like Robert's suggestion about doing an annual, and mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe coming up with our own list of you know the best of in the year. You know the best the best books, the best movies, the best whatever. I, I kind of like that idea. We just have to commit to actually reading. I know a lot of those books, uh, which is a, you know it can be a challenge. Um, no, Robert, I had, did not see the Snowpiercer series this weekend. I haven't either. Uh, uh, although it's on my list of things to to, to, to work myself back around to. Uh, my big watching thing this weekend, aside from a lot of the news on Saturday, um, Sunday was uh, a different kind, a different genre. I dove into, and it was uh, sort of my my big sleep day. So a little Bogart and Bacall and uh, classic film noir detective movie. Were you, a, were you treating yourself? I was treating myself. Yeah. I mean, which is kind of silly considering, you know, I own the movie and I watch it probably three or four times a year as it is, but you know, you do it for, you know, sure. You do it for certain things. Well, and, and one of the things that, that we have talked about here as well is, doing um movie night you know having mm-hmm. having a library of um ha- having a library of films that we could sit and watch and, sh- and you know and broadcast on our channel and you get to a chan- you know something like youtube a platform like youtube and Sure as shooting when you when you do something like that, even if it's in the public domain, you're going to run into issues. You're going to run into problems. So somewhere there will be somebody that'll go, "You can't air that in your campaign." You know, shake your finger at you. Which, well, you know, there's we've. It's very clear that there's a certain number of people who found the monetization of uh, copyright strikes to be a, a, a way to somehow manage to make a living or at least uh, fund uh, their whatever. Yeah, well, and, you know, you look at, you know, because we were talking about it with, uh, I was talking about it with Douglas Ernst, and he was saying, you know, at, at some point, even if you're not in a quote-unquote group, you know, you if you get labeled as being part of a group, and if that happens often enough, frequently enough, with the 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 vehemence that some of these people are doing, you start to you start to kind of start leaning in that direction. And when YouTube starts doing what they do and allowing the abuse of copyright strikes and DMCA strikes and you know they start suppressing certain videos and you don't, you know, you don't show up in search and, and all of these things, you actually start to wonder a little bit, okay, well, is it me? Is, is it something that I'm doing or is it something, have it's I become be- a target or, you know, you, because, you start to because, get paranoid. It's because you don't generate enough money for YouTube. That's at the yeah. end of the day, YouTube, the, I mean, for for well, there, I'm not I'm not for a moment going to sit there and say that there isn't 
there are people on the platform, users on the platform abusing it. The vast, the, the, the one thing you can't escape is that YouTube is in it for the money. And yeah. that's fine. They're a business. It's their job. And, and they're, you know what? You got stock in YouTube or whatever, you know, congratulations. You're probably doing well. But, uh, you know, the, what, what they're, you know, if, if it makes them money, they're going to make it, give it as much exposure as they can get. And if it doesn't, you know, why would they from their point of view? Yeah. Well, and I can, I can understand that, but the success of YouTube comes from the individual creators and to see sure, them leaning yeah. toward the corporate entities now. And I get it. It's money. It's a business thing. Fine. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, but, you and I have, you and I have been around long enough to see this happen for things like, remember when arts entertainment network <laughs> was the arts entertainment network. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, H and G. Um, Home what, and Garden? I, oh, HGTV? HGTV, yeah. yeah, Home and Garden. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the yeah, TLC, so, I mean, the learning channel? The learning <laughs> Well, the history channel used to be about history. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard tell. I mean, admittedly, it was about World War II, but, you know. But uh, our channel is about science fiction and fantasy and horror, and that hasn't changed. It has not. Nor will it. Different focuses at different times, just because of who's been writing and and yeah. you know we we didn't we didn't always we've we've been able to lean more into the horror side of things over the last really over the last year or so. Uh, we tried a little bit earlier with with the horror for me subset of it, and, and that didn't quite work as well as we'd like. Yeah, I had some nice moments there, but well, I think that overall. It's still, uh, I mean, it's still there as a category, but mm -hmm. it's it's not something that we do a whole lot. We don't do enough of it, but we don't do enough of any of, of what we're doing. But Well, horror for me also came about right about that time when I ended up having to go off and do a completely different job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Derailed a lot of things, so. Yeah, and we're still recovering from that. Uh, no kidding. The, do you see uh, the, the news about Newsarama? Uh-uh. They have now been folded in as a tab on Games Radar. Newsarama's gone as of today. It's newsarama.com slash I mean no, it's it's gamesradar.com slash newsarama. Mm. They're a subsection in another site. Um it's kinda like what happened to IO9 with Gizmodo. Right. Only you can still type in IO9 dot com and it gets to the io9 subsection I, I imagine that newsarama will be the same kind of thing but almost to a person all of the reaction that i've seen online is basically newsarama's dead well you know there are a lot of things we've seen i want to say well, a lot, a lot of print, a lot of print newspapers are taking a major hit right now because of advertising revenue. They're rolling up a lot of local papers. Yeah, uh, and that's happening across the world. By the way, there's stuff happening down in Australia where they're rolling up a lot of regional and local papers because there's just no, um, there's no advertising revenue coming in. And of course, we've seen the online model, like you mentioned earlier, with the with the shift to video, in a way that turned out to be, if nothing else, premature. Uh, you know, made with it, made without doing their own checking. Yeah, which I, which I, I, and I get, I get that it's not that easy to do, and and you know, so I, 
the people who kind of followed along with it, you know, you can kind of see how they did it and why they did it. But, you know, certainly it's changed the face of a lot of websites. And curiously, you know, I think that uh, uh, you saw some sites that it actually were, were producing really interesting, good video stuff who, because it all contracted, ended up losing that really good video stuff. Sure. Uh, which is unfortunate. Um, uh, there was a lot of cool genre stuff happening on cracked.com. Um, they, they, they were, with their video series that of course all went away. Um, but you could also see that the folks who were behind that at, at that site were fans of genre. So you ended up with stuff where they were talking about stuff. So unfortunately, and a lot of their staff went away too. Well, and you saw that happen with Collider where, sure. you know, all of a sudden everybody that's on the video side of things is now gone because Hernandez, whatever his name is, thinks that deep fakes are the next big thing. And these public screenings with the Q&A sessions. Okay, that's fine if that's what you want to do. But again, eggs, basket. That becomes yes. ant, boot. And, and you, you, when you put everything into one thing, you run the risk of losing that one thing and it goes away. That's one of the reasons why we're doing what we're doing here is because, yeah, we can be on all of these social media channels and all these platforms, but what happens when Twitter burns to the ground? What happens when YouTube and, and Facebook and all of these get their, get their Section 230 protection pulled? And then what happens to them? They're not they, going to get their Section Well, they're not going to get it pulled, but if something could happen. Well, you know, there's it, it, always that possibility that well, something no, some, could happen something and then will what do happen. We do? It's yeah. not, not something can happen, something will happen. Yeah. Because the marketplace changes and the, and what people want changes. Remember, Jason, when you and I met, there was this thing called MySpace. <laughs> and it was I, huge. I think we still have a uh, And the, Tom the, was everybody's friend. I know, right? Tom still shows up his picture still shows up over on Twitter every now and again. Well, it's because Tom Tom cashed out at the right time. Tom Tom was no dummy. Uh, but the the thing is, is that for all of this stuff coming along, you know, there's there's always going to be something that's going to change it. And it could yeah. be it could in for the case of something like Facebook or Twitter or any of these things, it's going to be it's probably going to be a shift in technology. It's going to be a leap forward in some way that they're going to. Now, of course, a lot of these guys are investing heavily in technology as it is, but the model's going to change. And whatever it is, you know. Um, whether it's, um, you know, the internal, the internal rumblings at Facebook, they're getting, you know, that's in the news today about the, internally, the folks at Facebook are, you know, not happy about this or that. And, you know, the, the, whether it's coming from inside or outside, mm -hmm. these, these businesses change and the market changes. So at some point you're, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be something else. And YouTube, if it continues down this particular line, no offense to the fine folks at YouTube, we're broadcasting over YouTube right now. But the thing is, is that, you know, if this is the model they're going to continue down the road on, eventually, it's just going to be studio stuff. Yeah. And it's just going to be YouTube's own programming. And then it's just going to be another streaming service. And it'll and, be YouTube red and it'll cost money right. and nobody will be able to use it anymore. It'll all well, be and, and behind a paywall. People will decide that if they want to use it as a streaming service. There's going to be, uh, you know, that's another thing. Uh, you know what, uh, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Snipe, 
snob. Last week, there were all different pictures. There, there were, were a bunch of pictures. four of pictures back there here. There were, there were. And yes. I don't want to hear it because you <laughs> missed and it's too bad stuff. You had your chance, sir. And, and, and I will here. say, um, and I will say, uh, I, I, I thought is with this being launch day of our Indiegogo campaign, I thought to myself, you know, I should wear a red shirt for, for sci-fi snob for tonight's show. But then I got to thinking, do I really want to be wearing a red shirt on the day we launched this campaign? <laughs> so I thought everything was going fine until yeah, meteor the, fell on Jason. The red shirt. Okay, um, there's a lot of things I do for my cats because <laughs> cat owner. Um, but uh, you know, the cat can just deal. All right, uh, let, let me let's uh, let's. Let's pull this up again and let's refresh and the last day. See, the last day. See that it Save doesn't the shirt change. for the last day. It doesn't. It's not going <laughs> to change. Nope. Nope. Doesn't change. Doesn't change. Six backers. Three hundred and nine dollars. See. See the thing about it is though, with this being, you know, you look at this. This is six percent of goal. We're six percent of goal on our very first day. And I did the math. If we did three hundred a day. For the 30 days, we'd be well over gold. And now I don't think we're going to do 300 a day for every, th you know, for all the 30 days. It'd be nice. It would be nice. That would give us some extras. I mean, we'd we'd blow past a couple of stretch goals that way, um, which we still need to put into place. But uh, we're we're working on it. I'm waiting to hear back from a couple of uh, a couple of things because I've we got. We came a... up with one tonight. Yes. We, well, we've talked about the, we've been talking about the print one, the print thing for a while. But yeah, yes, I, that's that's going to be we could do that as a stretch goal, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, where put that at ten grand? <laughs> hey, it's going to cost money to do it, and 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 we got the website that has to be done, so it'd be yeah. nice. Uh... Well, and and we'd also talked about you know the the fact that we want to get a movie library, so we can make that as a stretch goal. Um, I'm talking to the people doing our mugs about an aluminum bookmark. So it's not just uh, this paper thing you stick in the book. It's an actual piece of aluminum. Right. That can, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's uh, sub sublimation, I think, is the is the process to print on the bookmark. So I'm looking at that as a as a stretch. So we could do a bookmark as a stretch goal. We could do a a, a mission patch type of thing as a stretch goal we could do the movie the, uh, the movie library as a stretch goal we could do the print piece as a stretch goal so there's four different things yeah uh would we like to go over to the multiverse tonight to promote the fundraiser in a couple of weeks you know what i'd say we'd love to yeah we could do that absolutely and as a matter of fact tonight after we get done here uh, we're going to go on the Big Dumb Fun Show, which I we haven't been on there in years. Uh, it's Dustin been... and I, Dustin and I, went on to promote Zompocalypse Now during the hiatus, and so, that so that's, about, been, that's been a, a year and a half, a year and a half, almost two years now. Yeah. So, so yeah, so yeah we're we, gonna we're gonna do. We'd that. love to come on Multiverse tonight. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, we can set that up. Absolutely. For sure. Thank you. That's a great. I appreciate appreciate the offer, yeah. and uh, we will happily take you up on that. And I have had some uh, response back from a couple of other YouTube channels. Uh, I was on Critical Blast the other night talking about 
uh, stuff. And uh, we've got some other people. Uh, uh, Clint Stoker over at Sweetcast has said they'll they'll throw the link out. And we've had some other people saying, yeah, we'll we'll tell people about it. <coughs> Excuse me. So the word is starting to get out. And uh, a number of the staff have uh, have been blasting it on Facebook today, which was very gratifying to see. So you know, it's 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 we're starting. It's starting to roll. We're getting a little bit of momentum, so mm-hmm. we'll just have to you see. Know, I put out I put out the link to the stream earlier today. I put out a uh, uh, link to the Indiegogo today. I was hoping to be on when when Jason was on. Uh, streaming today earlier i was hoping to be able to join him that was that was the plan <laughs> <laughs> then work work things happen just yes. you know uh just like you know, just like the beginning of this show where jason was fighting technology i got to do that for several hours today so. that's the way that goes right mm-hmm. um let me do I'm the webmaster this. i'm not a, i'm not a webmaster but webmaster my webmaster. let me do this because uh over the weekend i built a new 30 second promo for the channel Mm -hmm. uh and yes robert drunk 3po is still a fan he's been riding uh the kitty rides at disney springs on a on apparently on a bet or some sort of a dare that he lost or something so he's been he's been riding the uh the on uh, they've got a new channel geeks and gamers has a new channel called park hoppin uh, which okay. they go to various different places like Disney World, Disneyland, and all these different things in the in the in the theme parks. And so he's been doing that. And uh, so yeah, he's he's uh, he every now and again gives us a little bit of a shout out. He's good. But I I built a a new TV spot, and I'm going to have to let me let me do this. Okay, so I'm going to go in here, and we're going to just I'm just going to cut to black for just a second. Uh, okay, so it doesn't show up until I actually turn it on. So it's we're gonna try this. I want to I want to show this off because it's it's a fun spot. I like this spot. So here here we go. Experience makes the difference. Since 2009, Sci-Fi for Me has been bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Science fiction, fantasy, and horror have been on our radar from the beginning, and now Sci-Fi for Me is bringing you something new. A new direction, new partnerships, new content, an all-new mix of programs on an all-new channel. Sci-Fi for Me TV, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. So I'm looking at the stream, and I don't see it yet. So I guess we're late. (laughs) Did you see it? Did you did you uh, see it when I just played it here just a minute ago? I have not. No, no, it's, not yet. Okay, it's so, a bit of a delay. I don't know why that delay. That's the delay has actually gotten longer tonight. I, think, I see that. That's that's not normal. That's not supposed to be doing that. What's going on there? Um, okay, now we yeah, now we got our we've gone to black, and now we're back. Yeah, right. yeah, so guys. It's, so we, you, you, we're not. I'm not sure what the lag is on your end, but on our end. Oh, there we go. Now we can see a thing. Yeah, because you haven't seen it yet. I have not seen this one yet. 
All right, so so Sci-Fi Snob has has seen the whole thing. All right. Anyway, so so there it is. Have you are, are you how far are you in? I, it's it's done. It's, oh, okay. It's right, there. Yeah. Right. It's weird because I've got the setting here. It's normally we're only supposed to be like maybe a five or ten second delay on things. So, mm -hmm. so anyway, all right. So, look at that. It's already nine o'clock. We've got to get over to the big dumb fun show. <laughs> so let us do this really quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna show this one one more time. This is our Indiegogo campaign. Um. And uh, our our goal is five thousand. It is thirty days. Um, to answer the question about the sixty day extension, um, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how well we do with the initial thirty days. Mm. So we'll see. Hopefully, it becomes uh, uh, successful enough that we can. That we can do that. So we'll see. So anyway, yeah, go go back to campaign. If 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 anything, if all you can do is share the links and tell mm -hmm. people about it, that will help tremendously. You know, don't right. don't feel obligated that you gotta throw money at us. Um, but yeah, you know, at, at the very least, if you can tell people about it, if you can share the link with people that you know ex enjoy science fiction, fantasy, horror, um, there is an option. Come to find out, when when we launched this thing this morning, there is an option where instead of the perks, you can actually just, I'm just going to give you money. So there is that option as well. If you don't want a mug or a t-shirt or anything else, and you just want to just, oh, I'm just going to contribute money, you can do that too. I, you know, whatever, whatever works out best for, you know, what your comfort level is. And then what we can do is, you know, work with that uh, one way or the other. So there's, there are those options. But, but yeah, sharing the link is going to help a lot. And if you could tag hashtag sci-fi for me TV that will help us be able to find it uh, if if anybody is out there doing that and sharing it. So um, Mindy with the wrench, putting the link in there. Uh, the easiest way, <coughs> if if anybody's out there wanting to put a, put a link, I have uh, I have managed to work it so sci-fi for me TV points to the Indiegogo campaign at this point. So. To make it much easier for people to remember it, as opposed to Indiegogo.com slash Alphabet Soup, Sci-Fi for Me TV, right. it'll take you right to it. So, uh, so there is that. And um, with that, we're going to head over to the Big Dumb Fun Joe. And I have no idea how to get there from here for anybody else. Uh, I, I I think BigDumbFunShow.com is still there. I believe so, side. yeah. All right. So we're going to head over that direction, I think. I got to look and see if they've given us a link yet. And uh, go tell people about our need for money, our pledge drive. 30 days. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks very much for watching, folks. We Thanks, will guys. We will be back next week with an actual topic to discuss. All right.
Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.